Hello everyone and welcome back to James Cameron's Titanic Scene by Scene. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And now we are moving on to the scene titled First Glance. But before that, once again, I want to get to some YouTube comments this time that we have here. I've been uploading all of the episodes to YouTube as well, but YouTube actually blocked our episode Southampton worldwide due to copyright usage of the music at the beginning, Okay, which is so ridiculous. Now I don't even know if I want to keep uploading the videos to YouTube if they're going to be blocked. But these are some comments that we have under the episodes that are still up there right now. Um, this is from Myliama B. So they said... I never thought I'd come across people who want to discuss, yes, because I have a whole discussion with you guys while listening, this movie as much as I do. You are finally giving me a chance to channel my obsession and the deep passion I have for this movie, as well as the real story behind it. Thank you. Parentheses. Doesn't add anything, but I'm from Montreal, so you guys are bringing the passion everywhere. That's cool. What episode was that for? This is under Southampton, actually, before it was blocked. <laughs> oh, oh. It's blocked in every country but the United States. Okay, yeah, I have some videos like that, too. Yeah, but that's not good, though, because we have people from outside of the United States, a lot of people yeah. who are listening, and they didn't even know that these episodes <laughs> were up and that were on other platforms either, so yeah. that was a problem. Another comment from Hitch24 says, I am weak at my knees. Love you for your beautiful podcast. I'm waiting for the next one. Nice. Which is so nice. So that's it just for now with those few little uh, either messages, emails, voicemails, comments that I want to, you know, read at the start of each episode here. Encouraging words before we, you know, jump into another scene. So yes, first glance. This scene starts at the Palm Court Cafe or restaurant in the Titanic. It's a lunchtime, I'm assuming. And it starts off with a voiceover from Bruce Ismay, or J. Bruce Ismay, uh, saying, and by the way, I just realized that I know this entire scene by heart. I can recite this scene inflection for inflection, line for line, impression for impression of every character. Do it. (laughs) But then people would think I'm reading it. That's true. I swear to God I'm not reading it. Yeah, I'll believe you. So it starts off with Ismay saying, She is the largest moving object ever made by the hand of man in all history. (laughs) And our master shipbuilder Mr. Andrews here designed her from the keel plates up. And then, well, I may have knocked her together, but the idea was Mr. Ismay's. He envisioned a steamer so grand in scale and so luxurious in its appointments that its supremacy would never be challenged. And here she is, willed into solid reality. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I can literally just keep going and going and going and going. Basically, yeah, so we're introduced to Mr. Ismay and Mr. Andrews, Mr. Thomas Andrews, and... Persismay and Ismay is, or was, the chairman and managing director of White Star Line, which is the shipping company that, you know, backed Titanic. He was also the highest ranking official to survive the sinking, which, you know, 
yeah. did not sit well with a lot of people. He was scrutinized for a lot of his life yeah. uh, after the fact. So we're introduced to him, as well as Thomas Andrews, who was the managing director and head of the drafting department of Harland & Wolf, uh, which was the company that built Titanic. So... He's also a very beloved character in this movie as well, Mr. Andrews, and Victor yeah. Garber is wonderful. Yeah, he's great. I love him in this role. He brings that warmth and humanity to this character. He just makes Mr. Andrews someone that we latch onto and want to root for and really get sort of emotionally invested in, or at least I do. Um, mm-hmm. And it's nice that they have him sort of strike up this friendship with Rose, sort of, throughout the movie, and... It's, I don't know, it, it just works really well. Yeah. Um, so this whole scene is pretty much more like educational exposition kind of, and it's like casual, but also not so casual because they're obviously trying to like teach us things. It's, it's James Cameron casual. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you know, it, it's written into the... Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. A lot of people say about this movie that, wow, they spend so much time talking about the ship on this ship. But the thing is, it's like, this was the maiden voyage. Yeah. I'm sure that... Oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about that it. That the Titanic was probably a major topic of conversation. People are talking about it now, but not even just the fact that it sink but the like how grand it was even now like we know so yeah i mean i think it makes perfect sense especially for you know someone like ismay to be explaining it to you know rose and her family you know like oh like this is mr andrews he built the ship blah 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 so and of course molly brown is eating with them in this scene as well so we got three historical characters in the house right now (laughs) yeah so this scene we start to see signs of why rose feels like screaming uh, as she said in her first uh, scene back in uh, Southampton where she said on the inside she was screaming we're starting to see little shades and signs of why that might be so basically her mother Ruth and Cal are both very controlling and they show that in like little ways here so you know Rose is being a little bit of a rebel right and so she's like trying to smoke at the table and the mother's like you know I don't like that Rose and Cal's like oh she knows and just takes the cigarette off of her thing and just puts it out for her and then immediately after that he orders her food for her and is just like yeah we're both gonna have the lamb with very little mint sauce (laughs) and then you like lamb right sweet pea after the fact (laughs) you know what I mean after he orders it (laughs) and she's just so like mmm Mm-hmm. Just smiling, just trying to be this perfect little person, like, but being sarcastic about yeah. it, which is great. And then, you know, Molly Brown saying, you're going to cut her meat for her too there, Cal? I love Molly. <laughs> and then everyone's just like not laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so she just cuts to the, so who thought of the name Titanic? Was it you, Bruce? I could quote this whole scene. And so I, I do like the way it shows that stuff, though, because you know, with Rose and the mother and Cal being controlling in those ways because it may seem like small things, but it all adds up to her not having a say in anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are a lot of people who watch the movie and they're like, oh, look at her, boo-hoo, like, she can't smoke, and, you know, he ordered her dinner, I'm gonna go kill myself now, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's... it's They kind of address that, like, Jack kind of addresses that too later. Yeah. Yeah. It's the idea that, okay... If she can't smoke on her own terms or order her own dinner, how on earth is she going to have a say in anything bigger than that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a microcosm of, of her, or not 
dependence, but her lack of independence, uh, independence, I guess. Yeah. You know, so I think people need to think of the bigger picture there of like Mm. showing how she's being very micromanaged as a person. Yeah. And then... Of course, the other main thing about this scene is uh, showing that Rose is cultured and that she reads and educates herself uh, more so than some of the men here. Um, And so, you know, Mr. Ismay is going off on a little tangent about uh, how he came up with the name Titanic. What he says, yes, yes. So who thought of the name Titanic? Was it you, Bruce? Well, yes, actually. I wanted to convey sheer size, and size means stability, luxury, and above all, strength. <laughs> then, have you heard of Dr. Freud, Mr. Ismay? His ideas about the male preoccupation with size might be of particular interest to you. Okay, I don't like Ismay, but she does <laughs> lash out at him, like, uncalled for, I think, in this moment. Like, he didn't do anything at this point. She's just so done, though, right? Yeah, I know. And she's probably seeing through sure. the, the fact that the grandness of the ship, yeah, it matters, but it doesn't matter, like, in the grand scheme of her life right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, she knows that there's more to life than being on this beautiful ship, you yeah. know what I mean? And bragging about how big it is, how strong it is, all this stuff. And I think she was just getting fed up with that in the moment. Sure, yeah. she, you no, know what I, I mean? It. But, yeah, I slightly felt bad for Ismay in, the, in that yeah, moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I personally like it. You know, Ruth is all what's gotten into you. And then she's like, excuse me, goes and leaves. And uh, she's a pistol cow. Hope you can handle her. And again, well, I might have to start minding what she reads from now on. Now, won't I, Mrs. Brown? Oh, uh, yeah. And then, of course, Ismay says, Freud, who is he? Is he a passenger? <laughs> that was ad-lib, too, I, I saw. Yep. That's I read crazy. that as well. That, that was an ad-lib by Jonathan That's Hyde. That's so cool. Which is great, and that's actually one of Billy Zane's favorite lines in the whole movie. <laughs> that's funny. Like, every time they ask him, like, so what are your favorite lines from the movie? He's always like, oh, it's got to be uh, Freud, who is it? Is it a passenger? <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, some people don't like that line, but I'm like, hey, it was an ad lib. Can't get yeah. mad at that. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah, like the same reason they don't like the Picasso line, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, wow, he doesn't know who he is. But I like it, you know. Yeah, I like it too. These men think, you know, they know everything there is to know about everything. And here she is having the upper hand about a piece of information here, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like it. I like it too. So she steps out to get some fresh air on the deck. It cuts to Jack on the poop deck and he's sketching this is the first time we see him sketching aside from that flashback we got of just his eyes at the you know in the present day yeah so this is like the first time we see him just casually sitting there sketching and he's drawing that little girl cora once again and her dad uh looking over the railing and i love the way we see cora throughout the movie like it, it's it's one of those other in- instances of a smaller character both in size and yeah. <laughs> and and importance yeah i like cora too yeah she's just this great little girl right and we just see her throughout the movie and she's another one of those characters that we love without having to know much about her mm-hmm. yeah so it, so that's like sort of a casual way to casual, but probably James Cameron casual, to introduce uh, Jack as an artist. Yeah, I like it, though. I like it, too, because it shows how perceptive he is, right? Mm -hmm. He's just sitting there, and he's like, I see these people here right now. 
I'm going to capture this this moment right now with the talent that I have, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm putting this to work. I mean, I think the movie is, obviously it's about Rose and Jack, but like Rose's character is, I think, delved into more because A, she's like the narrator, and B, the complexities of her conflict that she's, inner conflict. But I think mm-hmm. Jack is as important to show because he doesn't survive in the movie world and in Rose's mind everything that you learn about him on the ship is everything mm-hmm. about Jack so like learning about his like how he sees the world and how he sees people and how he interprets people and how analytical he is about that kind of stuff and intuitive mm-hmm. like that stuff's really important because his legacy only survives as long as the ship's alive for him so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's it's more, in a way, more important to show that side of Jack, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, I love this movie. Then, you know, we get, like, more information about the ship, sort of, through this conversation. So we have the Irish stereotype character, Tommy Ryan, which people come down hard on him, too. But I'm sure that these people were really like that back then. Oh, like, I'm sure. I'm sure... Like, he would have been just like that. I mean, there are people like that today still. I mean, there are people in my family that live in Ireland who are probably very close to to this (laughs) today. So, I mean, again, yeah, like, it's it's a stereotype, but as we said before, probably an accurate stereotype to a degree. Yeah, so Jack and Fabrizio introduce themselves to Tommy. And, you know, Tommy is as well giving a little exposition about the history. For, I love also, I also love Fabrizio where he goes, the ship is a uh, nice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and Tommy's like, oh yeah, it's an Irish ship. And then uh, Fabrizio, no, it's English, no? And he goes, no, it's Irish. 15,000 Irishmen uh, built this ship. Solid as a rock. Big Irish hands. <laughs> so proud. telling you casually right there that like yeah like the ship was built in ireland by you know whatever i love that because the score for the movie is very celtic inspired yeah totally and i think it it makes so much sense and it's so beautiful that that is the case because it's almost like the score is the spirit of titanic throughout the the whole movie it's almost like the ship itself is just singing and yeah you know in all these they're kind of married it, together like eternally yeah oh yeah for sure yep because yeah that's where it was built and that's where the whole story began so mm. i think that makes a lot of sense um as to why this yeah. the score went in that direction I love it. It's perfect. And so, yeah, so we also see the dogs on the poop deck there. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Tommy, well, that's typical. First class dogs come down here to take a shite. <laughs> yeah. Is this the last time we see Tommy or no? No, 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 no. Okay, I we can't see remember. Him throughout the movie. Okay. Oh, I yeah, no. He, he's another character. He's another, like, smaller character that we just, okay. that we get to love throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, the dogs, of course, as well, are accurate down to their breeds. The dogs were actually supposed to be seen in, I think, one or two more deleted scenes, um, which I kind of wish they um, included, but then I also kind of wish they didn't because it's just an extra layer of heartbreaking Oh, like there's something even yeah. worse about seeing helpless, defenseless animals. Um, <laughs> they had no choice to be on there. Well, it's like the same thing with like kids. They like yeah. never, they didn't make the decision to go on this ship. Like they're just going along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's very sad you know and and you, but you get that though just from them panning down and seeing the dogs walking like you know yeah. oh my god there are dogs on the ship <laughs> like you know there was also supposed to be a deleted scene where during the chaos of the sinking a few dogs just go oh running by gosh, on the deck seriously <laughs> no yeah crazy no, but I mean, like, but I mean, hey, probably happened. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but it's like to show that, yeah. I think Cal sees them. Like, he's in a tizzy and he's like trying to run around the decks, and then he just like stops for a minute and sees these dogs running by, and he's like, oh my god, like you know. Yeah, but it's it's really quick. It's like five seconds, okay. and I kind of wish they kept that in because it's sad. These poor little dogs, they're just like running. They don't know what to do. It's probably why they didn't put it in. I know. And then there was one other one where it's the little French bulldog, the black French bulldog. Um, it's even worse. Oh, my God. Is it, like, in the water? Yes. I've oh never gosh, seen... that's depressing. It's terrible. I don't... I'm not sure I've ever, I've ever seen it actually filmed or if I've only seen a picture of it. Either mm-hmm. way, they definitely filmed it. Um, that's crazy. It's like Jack and Rose, like, right after the ship sank and everyone's flailing around and they're saying, you're like, help us, help us. And they're, like, barely just trying to breathe above the water. And then you see the little French bulldog, like, frantically doing the doggy paddle past oh them. <laughs> that's insane. I mean, that's terrible to think of this poor little dog in the frigid, frigid, frigid water not knowing what the heck is going on. Yeah. It's so confused. It's like, am I just swimming for fun? Or like, (laughs) why am I here? Am am I dying? I'm not sure. I mean, dogs have a good sense, you know? Yeah, they're like, I'm probably dying. In this picture, I mean, at least in like the only picture I've seen, like the dog looks horrified. This poor dog swimming in the water. His eyes are like bugging out and it's, oh, it's so bad. That's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. I know, but it's so sad. But of course, so through this whole conversation, Jack and Fabrizio and Tommy get, you know, introduced to each other. And Tommy's like, do you make any money with your drawings? And then suddenly Rose comes walking out onto the deck like the vision of heaven. Obviously, it's a love at first sight kind of tropey moment. And uh, in the screenplay, it says they are looking at each other across the decks like aka across worlds yes. <laughs> sort of things That's I, I like how she doesn't like when you when she looks at him she just kind of like keeps her face you know like mm-hmm. she just, she's not like she's like like she she might be thinking like oh he's attractive or whatever but mm-hmm. she doesn't show it which is interesting well she does kind of the second time yeah she, she the gets second a little time, softer but like on the second still look. like she doesn't break a hundred percent which i think is mm-hmm. cool Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just gone. He's just he's like, staring at her. He's not blinking. Fabrizio even puts his hand in front of his yeah, face. Remember that? And he's just well, laughing. He's not blinking. When you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. So. <laughs> I also read, isn't that like a Bob Dylan lyric or something? Yeah, like I think that? it's yeah, it's it's from something else. <laughs> Which is that's kind of funny. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 funny how she's just kind of looking around. She sees him. She looks away, and then she immediately looks back. Like two seconds later, yeah. I was watching it with my mom again, and it was like, "Ooh, yep, she did a second look." And then my mom said, "Who wouldn't?" <laughs> hey, okay, can I say something controversial? Not about Leo, what? but I never thought Kate Winslet was pretty. Really? No. When I, like when I was a kid, and then like Leonardo DiCaprio's, you know, pretty good looking guy. But the girl though, like I don't know. I don't the girl it. though, dot dot dot. I, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think also people think that she looks too old for him. 
Yeah, she does have. I mean, I don't think they were that far apart in age, though. No, they're only like a year or two apart in age. Yeah, but she definitely has like an old look and he has a young look. Yes. Like he looks like he's like 16 and she looks like she's like 25. She was, I think, like 20 and he was 21, 22. Yeah. And she's supposed to be playing 17. And so people are like, yeah, she doesn't look 17. What's he? How old is he supposed to be? And Jack is supposed to be around 20. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she definitely looks older. It's just interesting to me because people say, oh, Jack doesn't look 20. He looks 12. I'm like, okay, but Leo was 22. Therefore, he looks like a 22-year-old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He looks, yeah, technically he was a 20-year, you know, 20-something-year-old, but he looks young for his age. This is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it kept, it got him a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, Leo was playing, I think, an 18-year-old when he was 26. <laughs> so he was, he he had that youthfulness going for a yeah. long time. But no, yeah, I think I think Kate Winslet's really pretty. I, I remember thinking, possibly thinking a similar thing when I was a kid. I could see why people would think she was pretty. I shouldn't say, like, I don't think she's ugly. No. I just don't, you know. I definitely do remember thinking she looked older when I was a kid. But now that I'm older and I'm watching it, I think they both look really young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still, I still think, think she, she looks, looks older. older. Yeah. I, 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 I still think she looks older, but I think it's just because of the way she carries herself. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of scenes where she looks young. Like more, there are like some vulnerable scenes where she looks really young. Yeah. I will say, yeah, she carries herself older. And I will say she has kind of like that classic look, like what people mm-hmm. thought was beautiful back in, you know, the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Jack doesn't look like anybody from that time period, I don't think. But Same with his hair as well. He looks like the ni- like a 90s kid. But um, yeah, yeah, she looks like straight out of the era, though, which is, she mm-hmm. was cast perfectly still, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess in this scene... Rose was supposed to be wearing a hat as she went out uh, on deck because I guess women were like never seen without a hat if they were going out on the deck or whatever. Yeah. The historical person that, you know, advisor on set that would like tell them all these tips and information told James Cameron that like, oh no, she should be wearing a hat. And he was adamantly against it. He was like, uh, no, she's not wearing a hat in this scene. He's like, first of all, he's like, I don't like the way it would look in the scene and secondly she just pieced out on this proper lunch like she's rebelling right now she's not gonna put yeah. on her hat like you know what i mean yeah. and i was like hey it makes sense i mean it does put make on sense. him for uh for standing up for that yeah, subtle detail she's not gonna go through the trouble of well i'm gonna put on my hat now after i just stormed out of this thing yeah you don't think about it until it unless it would have happened then you'd notice it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and of course, the whole sort of forbidden aspect of the Jack and Rose thing is uh, cemented here, you know, with Tommy telling him, oh, forget it, boyo. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to get into it further. Um, but I think it, James Cameron managed to have it happen in a really organic way. Oh, yeah. Like, I think the relationship bloomed in a way that actually seems like it could have been plausible. Yeah, like they, they kind of bickered and they weren't just like 100% just gaga over each other well and also just the way you know because people say that there's no way that they would have been able to associate with each other due to their class difference yeah but i think the way he interwove the story how rose was who she was yes and just like how the circumstances of which they met is very atypical it wasn't like you know we're gonna get to that but yeah i think it, it was like the perfect sort of situation to start it off to allow everything to snowball well and Jack's on the Titanic, that was also, like, would have been seemingly improbable. 
Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean that already sets up this path of like, okay, like he's getting lucky. Yes. So why not get lucky again, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's that whole, you know, we get the clear picture of like, here's the poor guy on mm-hmm. the poop deck. Here's the rich girl on the first class deck. Clearly, they're from different worlds. Um, and Tommy's, you know, clearly telling us that as well. But that's not going to stop our characters. And, um, you know, as it shouldn't, honestly. I like how as well, right at the end, before it transitions to the next scene, is... Cal being controlling again. He comes walking over to her, like, get back in there. Like, you know, I mean, gets all mad and stuff. You know, it's like, we can't hear what they're saying, but you know, I think you can hear her say, do you mind? <laughs> or something like that. And it's cool because, like, Jack can see him too and, like, kind of see mm-hmm. the dynamic just from a real quick instance. Mm-hmm. As can we. Yeah, yeah. Um, This goes into the next scene as well. But in the. Uh, annotated screenplay it says that James Cameron wanted us to see Rose the way Jack sees her which I thought was really interesting because Hmm. that happens we'll get into it in the next scene but yeah that that piggybacks on that I think of how you know we're sort of seeing all of this unravel at the same speed he is and at the same sort of perspective he is Mm -hmm. for a few different aspects of her character um so, yeah. So, I, th- I thought that was really interesting yeah. when I read that point. I think it helps in the overall understanding of their relationship because if, if we're able to see them through each other's eyes to a degree, yeah, it, it just it just helps. You know what I mean? It just helps yeah. us buy into it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Because I know you're... I, I feel like I've been talking way more no, than no, you, but I know you're still yeah, yeah, going perfect. through your yeah. your thing. So, you know, not not trying to push you too much that's perfect um this is the end of the scene then right yep yeah i think everything else i have is the next all right yeah so i guess we're all good for first glance i love this movie so much i'm getting because because we you know we took time off from this and during that time you know i started doing some other things but now you know we're talking about it again and i'm like okay that's it i'm back because just a reminder guys as well i said this before but we record these episodes in sessions so yeah. uh this is this is still our first session in a long time sitting down mm-hmm. talking about titanic so getting back into the swing of things yeah. that's everything we'll see you guys in the next scene as usual all of our socials will be in the description of this podcast episode leave us a voicemail via anchor send us an email uh leave us a comment you know how it goes. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.